Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Permission to Think. I'm Edwin Rustrian, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Thank you to all of you who week after week tune in to Permission to Think. My desire is to push our thinking, encourage you, and remind you that there is always hope, regardless how bad things get. I hope this podcast has blessed you and added value to your life. And now, let's give ourselves permission to think. As we continue in our series, Parenting for Today, we looked into different parenting styles and their impact. We spoke about authoritarian parenting, high demanding, low responsiveness. So we spoke about authoritative parenting, high demanding, high responsiveness, permissive parenting, this is the indulgent parent, uh, low demanding, high responsiveness, and the neglectful parenting, uninvolved, low demanding, low responsiveness. The other important part is knowing the difference between parenting styles and parenting practices. A parenting style is the emotional climate and control in which parents raise their children. Parenting practices are specific actions that parents employ in their parenting. You can be more warm or less warm, but still warm. You can be more demanding or less demanding, but still demanding. Being warm and having high standards is authoritative. It is the best parenting style recommended by psychologists. And so today we're going to look at a very critical part of parenting and it involves aspects that perhaps we have not considered yet. When it comes to parenting, unbeknownst to us, uh, many uh, of us, uh, we either parent the same way our parents did or in some cases we have been traumatized by their parenting styles that we completely go in a different direction. We make a, a 180 degree turn and go the opposite direction. So many times I say this to parents, when it comes to parenting the children, they ask for advice. One of the things is that you must know yourself, right? Uh, it is important that when it comes to parenting, you know who you are, what you are, your values, your commitment, your triggers, your emotional state, your relationship with your spouse, your ability to agree or disagree, your faith, your past. Um, it's important, particularly the past, to understand if you bring in any hurts or any resentments towards your parents uh, of things that have happened that you have not had any closure with because this is going to play a big part in your parenting. Uh, your, your, your parenting style uh, or the philosophy which you employ is predicated many times on your upbringing. So it is important to have some sort of closure as you begin this journey of parenting. It's a beautiful one, but it's a very difficult one for that matter. Uh, but I'm going to share with you a few things. Uh, let me start off by saying, by focusing on these things, on five basic tenets to early parenting, okay? Uh, five basic tenets to early parenting. And again, the first step I would think of uh, prior to go into this, these five things, is that you must really know who you are. You must really do this inventory, this assessment to say, hey, um, I want to know who I am as a person. I want, I need to go back and look at my upbringing, but I, I, your spouse also needs to do this work because this is done in, 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 
in a team. This is done in collaboration with each other. What both spouses are going to bring into the parenting, it really solidifies the foundation for a child. The male comes in with what the male is going to offer and the female is going to bring in what she is going to offer. And a child needs both of these elements uh, in order for them, in order for the child to grow strong. Um, one of the things that I got feedback from, uh, the quote that I used last week was, the, from Frederick Douglass, it is easier to raise strong children than to repair broken men. And so it is important in that quote that we must know who we are. We must know our values and we must know our commitments before we begin this endeavoring endeavor of, of parenting. And I wish that many times uh, people would actually think twice and really uh, ponder on the impact of having children and if they're not ready I, I always say congratulations that that is a maturity call that you're not ready to bring a child into the world because it demands so much of you and it, 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 it demands so much of your attention your commitment and to establish who you are as a person so but these five basic tenets that I want to share with you for early parenting are the following number one know your ducklings number two personality know the personality of your children number three know the character of your children number four know your children's temperament right and then number five know your child's or your children's triggers so i'm going to expand a little bit on these right so number one know your ducklings you must know your children you must know their emotional state, their self-esteem, their awareness, their abilities and struggles, their insecurities, their laughter, their pain, their interests. You must really know their moods. You must really get to know if you have one child, it's very different than in raising three or four different children. They all have different personalities. They all have different needs. They all have different uh, aspirations. And so it is important that you don't compromise on the standards by which you're going to lead your home. Uh, the garter is that you put but you must know your ducklings you must know the things that really set them off the things how they express their love the things that how they go through their day they, um, many times you want to make all your children serious and I don't think that that is something that you really want there is something beautiful that uh, the diversity in our children's personalities what brings into the home I know that my oldest child tends that's a tendency of being more um, focused in the sense of the things that she really loves she's some, uh, she's an, an, an introvert in some ways. I celebrate that for her. Uh, and my other daughter, daughter, she is more uh, free-spirited. She she likes the, the spontaneity of things. She's creative. They're both very creative, uh, but they're creative in different ways. And so as parents, my wife and I have made the commitment that we're going to celebrate uh, and, and encourage who they are and use those as strengths and be there uh, for them in the, in the unique sense of who they are and what we can do to become facilitators and guiding them through the process so it is very important that you know your ducklings number two the personality right you must know if your child is adventurous is the child agreeable is your child ambitious balanced is your child independent is your child kind is it loyal is uh, your child compassionate protective is maybe a child maybe abrasive aggressive lazy messy moody bossy cold conceited arrogant self-centered entitled 
uh, it is important that you understand your child's personality and that we don't try to hide the reality of things. I think that many times when we see parents in public with their children, if their children does something wrong, we automatically take that as a judgment of our own parenting and we're not trying to stop the child of their action for the sake of the child. We, we, we're stopping the child for because they're embarrassing us as parents and what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Uh, I am a big believer, as I mentioned before, that parenting should happen in private and um, corrections should happen in private. They should not happen in front of other people where we're embarrassing our children. Um, this is, I think, um, one of the things that really hurt our children in the process was particularly when we're talking ill of them to other people and we highlight their negative things. Like uh, I, I mentioned before, like some parents say, well, you know, my, you have to forgive my child she's an introvert being an introvert is not a bad thing nor should you be apologizing for your child's um, personality in that way right uh, I celebrate the diversity in my children in, in the sense that they are very uniquely made and, and it brings for this such blend in our family that it's needed and so if your child is an extrovert and a, a very social and, and, and that can also have a downsize to that. But that's my other daughter. She tends to be, they're both very cautious in how they make friends and how they socialize. Um, but it is important for me to have these conversations, my wife and I to have these conversations and understanding is like, how can we help you in your strength and who you are as a person? So um, it is important that you get to know your child very well, their personality. Now, the third one is character. And um, while character and personality are both used interchangeably uh, to describe someone's behavior, um, the two examine different aspects of that individual. Uh, one's personality is more visible. This is the things that, you, that, that we see in our children. While one's character is revealed over time, and this is the continuity and the consistency to say, no, this is this person's character. This is the way the person is consistently because there has been this measure of time that you have seen the person be behaving conduct in such a way that you say this is the person's character right and it comes it is revealed over time through various situations Lickerman said character on the other hand takes for far longer to puzzle out it includes traits that reveal themselves only in specific and often uncommon circumstances traits like honesty virtue and kindness right so it is important that we able to distinguish in that those two aspects of personality and character a character is something that takes time is revealed over time over various situations for example if you say well my child is a, a person full of integrity well when the person comes through a situation where the integrity is challenged you get to see whether that's a personality or that's a character because it is being through various situations situations and various circumstances that typically challenge the personality or the, or the substance of that person to determine if this person is a person of character. Like quite often when uh, we are looking for a person to collaborate, to work with, and we're doing some background check, uh, someone may say, hey, listen, this is this person has good character, good outstanding character. That means that throughout their life, throughout their career, throughout things that people have seen them, they've been consistent over a period of time to say, no, this person's character is this. This person's character is dependable. This person is full of integrity. This person is always shows honesty 
honesty and the virtues or you can say the opposite of that right but your character your name is one of the things that people would have a tendency of looking over a period of time again in a very uncommon circumstances so these are the things that we want to know about our children. When you watch your children, what is it that they have done consistently throughout their period? Also, number four is temperament. Uh, it is very important. This is not a matter of just saying, hey, my, 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 why is my son or my daughter always angry or sad or depressed? That's not the temperament that I mean. In psychology, um, they, they develop these four forms of identifying a person's temperament. Melancholic, uh, choleric, uh, phlegmatic, and sanguine. And so these two, these four different temperaments actually describe uh, what the person's temperament is, right? The melancholic person is unhappy usually, is worried, is suspicious, serious, is anxious. A choleric uh, person is egocentric, hot-headed, is active. A phlegmatic person is a reasonable, high principle, steadfast, calm. A sanguine is more of a person that's playful, easygoing, sociable, carefree. And so when you look at your children, think about these temperaments and see, how do I see and where does my, my child fall under this temperament spectrum, right? And so it, it, there can be a combination of these things too. And I don't want to go too much into the psychology of element, uh, uh, of this, but it's, it's very important that you begin to identify what your child's temperament has a consistency of being through a period of time, okay? Now, number five are triggers, and, and I like to include triggers here as one of the tenets because I think that quite often we don't understand what's setting off our children. Uh, sometimes when they go into these meltdowns or the behavior that we sometimes find unpleasant, right? So the triggers are what sets your child off, what sets your children off. Their behavior changes when something happens prior to the behavior. It comes before the meltdown. So uh, as an educator, I had to study something called AB, um, ABC, right? Which is uh, A is the antecedent, B is the behavior, and C is the consequence. And when we're parenting from a lens of always giving consequences to our children, we are missing one key element, and that is the trigger. If you want to change the behavior of the child, then you must identify the antecedent, the thing that comes before the behavior. And that is often and it takes a little bit of more work, but it, throughout a period of time, it can really provide insight into your child's behavior and what sets your child off to behave in a way that you don't want or that you're trying to curve or you're trying to understand or you're trying to gauge. Giving in to every single aspect of your child's behavior can also be deemed as being, uh, as the child being manipulative and you constantly giving in. And so it is important, again, that authoritative style of parenting is high demanding but it's high responsive too uh, there have been instances perhaps that if my children I'll, I'll get a, I can only speak of my children that when they have done something there is the element of that I yes we are high demanding but then we sit down and we are high responsive to see what, what's going on and dig a little deeper not in a judgmental way but in a supportive way to draw out the very things that are they're having difficult understanding the needs of my 15 year old child is very different than the needs for my 10-year-old child. What may trigger my older daughter 
in a certain way, it's not going to be the same that's going to trigger my younger daughter. And this goes back again to knowing your ducklings, knowing the very things that the triggers, the antecedents that shape that behavior. And when it comes to parenting, when it comes to discipline, don't don't separate discipline and love in two different elements. They're the, they're they're under the same umbrella. When you love someone, when you love you, you're a confrontational. You're going to teach your children is because I love you that I'm going to teach you to do something that your behavior is not appropriate. Now remember that younger children have a more concrete way of looking at things. So if you're long-winded in your explanation as to teaching a two-year-old why they shouldn't hit or why they shouldn't do something that you don't approve of, stay with short phrases until the child really understands that. When your child becomes older, you can push the thinking a little more, but in essence, is is it the behavior that you want to curve immediately or is it that you want to provide tools and and ways for your children to identify their emotional uh, state where they are and what keys and resources can you provide for your child to be there one of the things that we're talking about a minute in a minute is that it's important that you understand your children understand that there's a level of empathy and there's a level of understanding and that there's a level also of relationship that we are not as parents constantly seeking ways to be punitive it is important for us to teach our children right what is right and wrong the elements of wisdom and that there, there are consequences for the choices that we make there are situations that we're going to have to pick up after our own mess and so what we want to do is that we want to help and teach our children that as they become adults they don't become codependents or that their happiness is predicated on another person but that they see within themselves and to identify the very things to be strong children so they can be strong women and strong men Um, so let me just quickly go over this again these five basic tenets know your ducklings know their personalities know their character know their temperament and know the triggers i know it seems like a lot but as you begin to set this foundation in in some of the work that we usually do in anything at the beginning may seem like a a lot of heavy lifting but through a period of time because those things have been established and they become the focus of your parenting and your family they just become ingrained and embedded in your everyday life okay let me move on to this other section that I I think that I'm going to take this from the framework that um, Stephen Covey did in his book The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and I love what he said in this phrase and he said seek first to understand then to be understood quite often when we come to a parenting with our children we want to make sure that our children understand what we're saying and that we don't take the time to listen to them how are they reacting what are their response what is it that they're struggling with and right away we want to give a solution because we are solution oriented people right or in our real lives as adults we always trying to find ways to find solutions to problems we're tinkers we're thinkers we we do and analysis of things we do budgets we we do goals we do mission statements vision statements we do you know ways that we can improve the quality of our life we, we have this large way of gauging our success our fulfillment right and for children they haven't had those experiences yet right so it is important that the part of communication as i always tell people is 90 percent is just listening it's listening to your child is 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 a primary emotion it's a secondary emotion are they going to trauma are they going to sex 
secondhand trauma? What are the elements that your children is experiencing if they're not enjoying something or they're responding to something? And I think that when you listen carefully, for example, if there is a question, you're not just answering the question. There's a motive behind the question. And more importantly, there's a person behind the question. And most of the time, our children just wants to want to be understood of what we're really trying to communicate. But if our desire is just to be heard and to be understood, then we're not going to make any headway or impact in our child's life. So let me give you just these three things that I think are really going to give us an insight onto how children look at us now as parents, okay? I'm going to borrow this again from the work of Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People because I think it's applicable. Although his structure in in a more uh, an effective matter of business, but I think that also this can relate to the aspect of parenting. And he he shared these basic things: the ethos, the pathos, and the logos. Right? The ethos is your character. Uh, what we what. What have you shown consistently over time? You remember we went back to the idea of character and how that is measured through a period of time on under uh, difficult situations or all common circumstances. The ethos is your character. What what have you shown consistently over a period of time? Uh, the pathos is your relationship, your relationship that you can have with your children, with your spouse. How how does that transfer when people see you in relationship, right? And the logo is just the logics, the facts, your presentation of the things that you're speaking of, right? And these things are intertwined. They're, they're sequential in the element of how we, are, we, we conduct ourselves in, in, our, in our homes and with our children. And so you, you kind of remember um, that there was a thing that I always said, like, you know, um, do, what, do what I say, not what I do, right? And, and most often our children are going to be constantly recording our actions. They're going to be constantly monitoring our way of speaking, of conducting ourselves, and our uh, the, the the consistency that we have with the things that we tell our children to do. So the ethos, your 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 personal credibility with your children, right? This is the 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 faith that your children have in your character, your integrity, and your competency is in the trust that they place in you that you're going to be the very thing that they in their mind know that you should be. Their their emotional bank account is drawn many times from us. And so your credibility over a period of time, if you're saying, well, this is what needs to be done and right away you keep changing your mind and well, you know, Timmy, you're going to have to be on, on a timeout for 10 minutes. And next thing you know, after a minute, it's like, you know, I feel so bad for Timmy. He's such a cute kid. He's a good kid. Well, you know, Timmy, forget it. And next time you're going to do it again and again. After a while, you lose any credibility in that. You, 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 you have, your words mean nothing because the child has figured out that you constantly cave in into what you perceive or, or what you want to establish, right? And then when the other parent comes in and wants to implement that, there is that. Um, disconnect, right? There is that division. And children from a very early age, they learn how to manipulate and divide parents. And so many times, I remember in my own experience, my 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 youngest, my daughters will go to to my wife and say, "Hey, mommy, can I can I have this or can we do this?" And many times, my wife would say, "No." But then later on, they will come. They will wait a few minutes and say, "Hey, daddy, can we do this?" And, you know, we picked up on it real quick. And my thing was like, well, what did mommy say? Or mommy would say, what did daddy say? And then they figured out that they couldn't div- divide us. 
And so we were a, unis- a unified front and to say, nope, we're in agreement here. And that's what causes many times the arguments and the disagreements in the families when you have not sat down and established a value system by which you're going to lead. That value system is your guardrail. When you implement a value system in your home, it's going to save you and alleviate you of a lot of headaches and a lot of disagreements. Anytime you come to parenting and you look at your value system, let's say you have something of communication as a value that you have in your family, and then you're making decisions, your children are coming to you asking you for different things, and then you're like, well, you know, yeah, you can go do it. You're the dad. I said, you can go do it. And mom said, well, mom said, no. Did you communicate? Did you go back? Did you honor the value? And so before you make a decision, go back to that communication value and say, hey, listen, um, honey, did, 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 did you, did you, did you agree to this? Oh, no, I, I didn't do it. I didn't say that. I said this. And here we go, right? So our children need to know that their parents are in a unified front, that they're communicating and that they have the same goal and the same vision. And if you don't agree, then that's a whole other conversation when you can begin to have a, a discourse in your family on how to communicate effectively where you were able to gauge a situation um, um deconstruct it, look for all possibilities and bring your children in to help you to see how that is done when there is disagreement or you cannot come to a consensus. As parents, we cannot avoid this aspect of parenting. I think sometimes in many ways people say, well, you know, I don't want to argue in front of my child. You don't have to argue. The idea is that you, you, you're having a conversation and a dialogue to show like, hey, listen, you're not going to agree in everything in life, but you're going to find ways to communicate effectively so that we can move forward. And so the ethos, yes, is your credibility, your personal credibility with your children. Uh, the pathos is the empathetic empathetic side the feeling you are in alignment with your emotional thrust of another person's communication quite often we forget that we were once young we were once children right and somehow or another I know that we're trying to protect our children I think that the other element and dangerous part is being overprotective and not allow anything to happen with your children uh, sometimes I think with the recent pandemic parents have been overly protective on constantly hand sanitizing children and um, the wearing of the mask. And this is not a political thing, but research has now come up and, and, and been been available to say like the, the children who um, constantly are being sanitized, they're losing a lot of the bacteria that is needed for them to fight uh, all these um, germs as well. And um, so our, 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 it is important that, the over, that in our element to overprotect our children, we're not making them weaker. We're not making them weak. We're not making them... We're not making them dependent on others, particularly on us as parents. We want to be able to em- to empathize with our children, to be a voice and to be there for them, to listen to them and to say, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. When I was young, I did the same thing too. And when you, it's incredible that when you share your story with your children, they'll be like, really, you did that? I, I didn't know you, you, you did. Because somehow or another, our children don't have that videotape of us growing up. Somehow we omit all the bad stuff that we did because, you know, we don't want to children to go and repeat it there is a level oh oh dad I, I didn't know you were like that yeah I, like my oldest daughter I was sharing something with her when I was much much younger and um and when I was dating or when I was you know a teenager and she was like I can never imagine a picture of you being that type of person and I said well sweetie this is what happens over a period of time you know you have men and women who help you mentor you but also this is the other element that you learn but as my daughters are getting older I have these 
conversations with, with them and saying, I understand your feelings. I understand if you're angry. Yeah, you could be angry. I give you permission to be angry, you know. Acknowledge those emotions. Call them for what they are. If you don't have the words, but how are you going to process that energy? How are you going to process that feeling and that emotion? And if you're constantly angry, it's another thing. But it's okay to be angry. It's okay to have fear at times. It's okay to, to have to experience bliss and joy. All these emotions are all part of the human experience. But it's when we're making those decisions based on those emotions that can be very, very dangerous. And this is one of the things that if you have a lifetime experience of where you have made those decisions where the parenting element is saying, honey, I remember when I was having this emotion, this is what I used to do. But I've learned that when I make those decisions, they usually don't turn out to be well. And there is a level of empathy, of feeling, and emotional trust that you are able to develop with your children. And the logos is just the logic, the reasoning of why you're sharing or you're expecting something from your children. I don't. I have a tendency, we have a tendency at home that when we are experiencing or we are explaining something to our children about a specific reasoning or facts is that we want to draw from them if they see the same thing. And we want to be able to support them in the element to see it like, okay, so what is your lens? What is your take? What are your questions? What are the doubts that you have? So our reasoning, we stick with the facts. This is what it says. But now, what is your take? What is your interpretation? And how can we in turn come back and able to support you and help you? So think about this in your parenting. The ethos is your character. What have you shown consistently over a period of time? This is, again, it goes back to knowing your ducklings. We were talking earlier about the difference between a personality and a character, although they're interchangeable, the words, but the character is measured through a period of time. The pathos is your relationship that you have with your children, with your spouse, within your family structures, and the logos is the object of everything that you're talking to your children and how are you going to present this information or the desired outcome that you have for them. So it's important for us to understand that part of parenting for today is that our children need us and many times they push the boundaries, they push the limits to see and to test parents, to test us on where, where do you draw the line? Where, where, where is the line in our family? How much can I push my parents to to the brink, right? And so our children need those guardrails and they're going to get it from us. And so it is important that we are the voice that they hear, the last voice they hear before they go to sleep, the first voice they hear in the morning. And it is important that you know who their friends are. It is important for you to understand who are they uh, interacting online with. Now, one of the things that my daughter has never asked for, she has never asked for a social media account. Now she's 15, she doesn't have a, a social media account. She's focused, her goals and her focus are very differently. And and although I've never had to say, well, you're never going to have one, uh, for her in the conversations that we had, she expressed to me, well, that I really don't need it right now. I'm focused and I understand the damaging effects that those things can have. Whereas to my younger one, you know, she's a free-spirited, she's, she's a person who likes to socialize and all that stuff. And we have conversations even about how young she should get a phone. And what happens with the phone? Does it stay in your room? Does it stay outside? And so when you have these conversations with your children, they're going to let you know. And we must be able to be 
specific in the guardrails that we put in our children. And don't just say because I say so. Be high demanding, but be high responsive as well. It's, that's what makes the difference. It's not just saying, well, I told you no. It's having those conversations over and over and over again to connect with our children. So today... I'm going to leave you with our quote of the day, and it comes from Dr. Meg Meeker. And it says, no matter where you are or what you've done, it's never too late to have a better relationship with your son or daughter. Remember, my beautiful people, never compromise integrity for comfort. Stay strong. Bye-bye.